Nothing But The Words, episode number 42, Write Like a Thought Leader. Welcome to Nothing But The Words, the podcast that gives you everything you need to know to write a phenomenal book. Now here's your host, your author coach, Candace L. Davis. Hey there, welcome to Nothing But The Words. I'm your author coach, Candace L. Davis. In this episode, I want to dive into how to write your book like a thought leader. A lot of people tell me they aspire to be thought leaders. It's certainly a worthy aspiration. It's not my favorite term, but it's a worthy aspiration because you think of a thought leader as someone who can exert a lot of influence for good. So it's a term we have. I don't know that we have a better one. So we're going to talk about that. This country is actually in need of thought leaders, real thought leaders in almost every area and industry right now. You can absolutely write a book that positions you as a thought leader in your community, in your industry, or on the biggest stages. Now, over the past weekend, I got into an argument (laughs) with a friend on Facebook. I actually wasn't arguing, but I think, you know, tone is hard to convey on social media. And I think she thought that I was. And she and I are not just Facebook friends. We are real world friends and I really love her. And I would have no desire to argue with her, particularly over this topic, which wasn't particularly important to me. It was a political topic and that's okay. Anyone who knows me knows I don't really do social media fights. I'll call you on the phone if I want to fight with you. (laughs) I don't really do fights. I'm not here for online drama. I'm just not here for drama at all. But my friend posted a question and I answered the question in her comments. Now, clearly she meant for the question to be rhetorical. She was not interested (laughs) in getting the other side's opinions and she doesn't have to. She's not required to. She and I clearly share many of the same values, but we also differ on our political views. When I commented on her post, I thought I was sharing a different perspective with her and the many people who had co-signed. All the comments were right on, you know, right on sister, we agree with you. But she left me a long reply. My comment was long too. She left me a long reply to let me know how much my comment disappointed her and hurt her. And that was totally not my intent. Mind blown. I thought we were having you know, a friendly discussion and she thought that I was being demeaning to her perspective. So I publicly and privately apologized to her and we resolved it. I don't expect anyone, not even the politicians I vote for, to be in complete alignment with my political views. And I certainly don't expect my friends to agree with me on everything. Listen, I'm fairly liberal on a lot of issues, but I lived for many years in South Orange County in California. And at the time, it was really a bastion of conservatism, a bastion of conservative politics. Ronald Reagan famously referred to the county as the place where good Republicans go to die. So of course I have Republican friends. I couldn't live there for 10 plus years and not have some friends who are Republicans. I don't need everyone in my life to think like me, but I do need to be able to express my thoughts and opinions without a civil conversation devolving into an argument I didn't even know I was participating in. Not my friends fault at all. We were just on two very different wavelengths at the time. But can you see how desperately... This country right now needs thought leaders in the areas of just politics and civil discourse. We need thought leaders who can come in and give people new ways, new strategies, new tactics 
to manage these things. We need thought leaders on women's rights and equity, not just politicians, but true leadership. And I understand politicians have their job to do, not hating on politicians, but I'm talking about people who will help us see things in a different way. We need thought leaders on immigration rights. We need thought leaders on human rights in general in this country. We're also in the middle of the pandemic still. We need thought leaders in healthcare, education, remote working. We need thought leaders in marriage and parenting and mindfulness because right now, a lot of people are ready to just go at each other's throats. They've been at home together as much as they may or may not love each other way too long. We have experienced some bumps in the road in our own house. We need thought leaders who can help us get through this and come out on the other side better. The country and much of the world is in or facing economic crisis. We need thought leaders in personal finance, economics, business, investing. Thought leaders are always needed. They're always needed in every area, but now more than ever. I will have to say this. My idea of a thought leader is not just the person who can get the most attention on their ideas. It's not the person who can get the seat under the tree with Oprah, although it may be. That doesn't qualify you as a thought leader in my mind. I define a thought leader as someone who's a recognized expert, yes, in a specific field or on a specific topic, but a thought leader is more than an expert. A thought leader is someone who brings fresh ideas to the larger conversation or who can communicate important ideas in a new way or apply old ideas to completely new situations. These are the behaviors of thought leaders. Thought leaders lead the way to something better with their ideas. Which brings us to the question of the day, how do you write like a thought leader? So let me be clear on one thing. You do not have to be a thought leader in order to be seen as the expert in your niche or in order to be a successful author. If you're thinking you don't really care about being a thought leader, that is not your goal or your aspiration, that's perfectly fine. It's not required that you become a thought leader in order to be successful in your field, to write a great book, to write a great book that has impact. Not necessary. But many people I talk to really do want to position themselves that way. And it's important that you understand that your book can really play a role in that. Writing like a thought leader begins with thinking like a thought leader, right? How often have you picked up a book on an area that you read about fairly frequently? Maybe it's personal finance for you. Maybe it's diet and exercise. Maybe it's weight loss. Maybe it's natural health, whatever it is. How often have you picked up a book on that topic and felt like you had read every single thing in that book before? from someone else, the exact same things, the exact same ideas articulated differently, maybe, but not any different from the other expert. That's not what a thought leader does. You can't just regurgitate the ideas that you read from the top three best-selling books on your topic and think that that's going to position you as a thought leader. Don't tell your readers what they could learn if they just search for the top blog posts on the topic. You have to go deeper. Take the time to question those ideas. You can read the top three best-selling books on the topic, but don't just accept them as gospel truth. Question what they say. Challenge the assumptions behind them. What factors might those particular experts, given their biases, because we all have them, 
have failed to consider? What variables did they overlook or what did they not give enough weight to? What did they maybe give too much weight to? How do you see it differently? Where does your opinion diverge from the opinion of the current go-to experts? When my client Patrice Washington wrote her Real Money Answer series of books, the common wisdom spouted by personal finance gurus was that the best way to manage your money and to do well enough over the long term was to stop buying lattes, deprive yourself of life's little luxuries, and save more. Patrice saw it differently. She advised her readers to choose wisely, of course, how they spent their money, but she also gave them specific steps to take to earn a higher income so they could enjoy luxuries like a $5 coffee and still pay off their debt, still increase their savings, still have money to invest in themselves, their own business, real estate, the stock market, wherever they chose to invest it. She did not go along with the status quo. She considered what they said. She had read their books. She'd listened to their radio shows. I don't even think we had podcasts back when she first, well, we probably did, but they were in the very early stages when she wrote her first book. But she considered what those experts said. These were experts that you saw on Oprah. They were the experts who had their own TV shows on CNN and CNBC. They were the experts who appeared on the Today Show. And it would be really easy to say exactly what they said. They've already put it out there. They've sort of validated that the marketplace will accept it. You could regurgitate what they said and people would accept it from you. They may actually even be happy to hear it from you because you may have more in common with them. You may be more relatable to them. And there were very few black women who were at the level of personal finance that Patrice wanted to be at and has achieved at this point in her career. So she could have just spouted what everyone else was saying and her audience probably would have been grateful to hear it from her. But she took the time to think more deeply about what the common wisdom was and she saw what she believed to be a better way. And that's what she taught and that's what made her a thought leader rather than simply an expert on her topic. In a similar vein, when my client Brandy Harvey wrote her first book, Breakthrough Sold Separately, I had the privilege of coaching Brandy along the way. And she challenged Black women to make the connection between their spiritual journey and their mental and physical health. Very few people, no one that I knew of, but maybe someone out there, very few people were having this conversation at that time. In fact, very few are right now. More specifically, Brandy called out the idea that, quote unquote, all you need is Jesus, right? If you are Christian, and I don't know what other faiths do, But as Christians, when you say you have a problem, people will just say, pray. When you say you're in a situation where you need help, people will tell you to take it to Jesus. When you tell a friend you're struggling, they just say, girl, leave it at the altar. Okay. Sometimes, Brandy's theory was, you have to do more than that. And she suggested that many of us actually need to consider therapy and the consequences of not getting it as evidenced by the rates of obesity and lifestyle diseases that affect our community. That was thought leadership. See, both of these authors definitely got pushback on their ideas. Their ideas garnered incredible loyalty from the readers who saw what they needed in these new philosophies, but they also got a high level of rejection from people who just did not believe 
that the status quo should be challenged. As a thought leader, you will not be for everybody. Everyone's not going to fall in love with your ideas. These ideas, you haven't tested them on the big stage yet. Probably you may have if you're a speaker, but you have not stood next to the expert who says one thing while you say something slightly different or even the opposite and had people choose which they believe yet. Most people haven't until they've written the book, right? But when you write a book as a thought leader, you are doing that. You're saying, hey, I respect Dr. So-and-so and expert so-and-so and guru so-and-so, but I don't agree. This is what I believe. Most people are resistant to change. So when you ask them to see a familiar topic, in a whole new way, you mess with their sense of security and a percentage of them will recoil even if what you have to offer is actually better for them. Some people though will immediately see the wisdom in what you have to say. And as a thought leader, it's your job to give them that wisdom. Challenge the status quo, not for the sake of challenging it, but in the interest of opening up new avenues of discovery, new avenues of possibility and opportunity for your readers. Apply what you've learned from your experience in other arenas to the topic you're writing about. Be willing to take a stand and not for the sake of controversy, but for the sake of showing your readers and followers a new and better way. Now, prepare yourself to speak like a thought leader, right? To come across like a thought leader on the page, Read the work of other thought leaders like Audre Lorde and Lorraine Hansberry and Bell Hooks and Angela Davis. And because I cannot make this list without her, read the essays of Toni Morrison. Find the thought leaders who write in your genre and read them, but don't stop there. Read widely and read the people who brought fresh ideas to the page, not just the authors who decade after decade, generation after generation repeated what the thought leader said without adding to it, without expanding it, without evolving it. Shut out most of the pop experts for a while if you want to be a thought leader. You can learn a lot about marketing your book from them because a lot of those pop experts are considered experts because they know how to sell, okay? They've gotten their books into many hands. They've gotten themselves behind many microphones. But if you want to be a thought leader, and more than just name, consume more original ideas most of the time. Becoming a thought leader does not mean you have to develop, by the way, Nobel Prize winning literary skills. I know I just listed off some of the best authors slash writers in the world. Becoming a thought leader does not, by the way, mean you have to be a Nobel Prize winning writer. You don't have to have the literary skills of some of the authors that I just listed. So don't let that deter you. You want to be the best writer you can be, of course, but more importantly is what kind of thinker you're willing to be. And listen, those ideas you come up with don't have to be completely new. There's nothing, let's be honest, there's pretty much short of technology, there's pretty much nothing new under the sun. And even in technology, Star Trek thought of a lot of that stuff. They just couldn't invent it. But becoming a thought leader requires you to be willing to think differently and deeply. All of your ideas do not have to be something that came out of whole cloth perfectly new. They can be twists on existing ideas in your niche. They can be twists on different ideas that you take from other industries and other areas. Make new connections. Take a new stand. Consider new perspectives and communicate it all effectively in your book. You have the capacity to do all of that. You have what it takes to write the book that makes you 
a true thought leader. You just have to decide if it's worth the effort to you or not. That's it for this week, my friends. If you enjoyed this episode, please share the podcast with someone you think will also enjoy it and leave me your glowing review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Reviews really do make a huge difference in new listeners finding the show. Thanks for listening to Nothing But The Words. I'm your author coach, Candace L. Davis, and I'll see you next time.